Hello, and welcome to another beautiful and enchanting episode of the NNN Podcast. I'm Kosak. For the first time in actually a few episodes, Fosender is not here with us. Are we calling him Forrest or Fosender? Both. Both, okay. But Janarbi is here. Yeah, I'm Fosender. Hello, Fosender. How's Halo, <laughs> how's Halo Infinite going? What the heck's a Halo? <laughs> like the things angels have? <laughs> I know so little about Halo Infinite. I know so I little about you know Halo in general. Oh, well, then I guess I was wrong. I, you don't know that more. No. I feel like you know more than me, because I feel like Forrest talks to you about it more. He talks to me about Destiny. Oh, well. That's kind of, which is funny, because I don't play Destiny. I just, like, am willing to listen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he texts me about random Destiny things as if I'm someone who plays Destiny. You get what I'm saying? That's that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did he send me recently? He sent me uh, I don't know. It was it was something to do with some Christmas event or something. I, I just made very basic comments because I was busy. Busy. I'm busy, bro. You are busy. You're about to graduate. I am about to graduate. You're going to be a grown man soon. I know. Because I know. everyone knows that once you graduate from college, that's when you're officially grown. That's when adulthood starts. Well, it is yeah. kind of how that feels, though. True. Because, you know, I gained a lot of independence, obviously, when I left and went to college yeah because i all of a sudden didn't have parents i wasn't living with my parents anymore i could drive where i wanted when i wanted i could spend my money on what i wanted and they wouldn't know i was just so disconnected from parental supervision but now it's like oh i'm gonna get an apartment and i'm gonna really be on my own you know yeah i'm, I'm gonna, gonna leave you Eight. We're not going to be friends anymore. I'm not going to support you. I know. That's how life <laughs> works. Everybody leaves you at some point or another, and you can't trust anyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just like it feels different. You know, I'm going to have a full-time job. I'm going to be paying for my own apartment. I'm going to be gradually paying for my own bills bit by bit. You know, things are going to get passed on to me. Obviously, whatever my job covers is going to happen first so if my job like gives me health insurance then i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna manage it you know should ask them to pay for your apartment too can you guys pay for a new switch please it's important (laughs) for my work (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna do my best to cut out coughing but i am (laughs) shoot (laughs) um it's because i was sick over the weekend did you know that you that's disgusting how did that happen? I don't. I, one way or another, a sort of microorganism that messes with my body got into my body and it caused my body to start producing obscene amounts of snot. Pretty rad. It wasn't. That's pretty not rad. It's <laughs> um, like the opposite of radical. The only radical part of it was I did nothing Friday and Saturday. I mean, I went to work. Um, 
and I like did some stuff Saturday, but I'm some I'm recently I'm really focusing on trying to make good use of my time, you know, which is yeah. why I've all of a sudden started making really good progress on my books. Um, is because all of a sudden I'm like, how about I not spend this forty minutes of free time watching YouTube for the billionth time? How about I actually get something done? You know, <clears throat> like that's why I'm busy, is because I'm 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 keeping myself busy, because when you when your ambitions are not your job, that's what you have to do. You know. Yeah. But yeah, the point I is, I didn't do any of that on Friday and Saturday because I was sick and I didn't feel like it. So I <laughs> got to be lazy and watch a ton of YouTube. That's lame, man. And also Shang-Chi. You gotta always be on that grind. Right? Even when you're sick, if you're hacking up blood, that means you're doing it right. I just... Well, it's just such a, like... I'm, I don't mean to throw... Make make unjust comparisons between different art forms. But I feel like writing is so difficult because in that sort of scenario because I feel like compared to making art like Like, I feel like if you're drawing something, you can force yourself to work even when you're not in the mood, you know? Whereas with writing, I feel like if I force myself to work, what's going to come out is just going to be bad. So that's fair. Like, obviously not all parts of the drawing process you can... Like, some parts of the drawing process have that also, you know? Probably stuff regarding, like, the style and the what you're going to draw and the co- general composition. But I feel like there's stuff related to coloring and filling in lines and stuff that's not... That's a little more mindless, you know? I can see that. I mean, I don't... You know, maybe I can't. Because I'm not an artist, but uh, yeah, I'm not either. From just, an unexperienced yeah, um, standpoint, I can see. <laughs> I'm unexperienced too. I'm not if an only artist. Only four of us were here. Then yeah, you could but, actually get yeah. Uh, dang, this was a horrible episode to talk about. Are you? <laughs> Do you want to talk about movies? Let's talk about. You know what's truly difficult? Tell um, me. The most difficult art form is NFTs. And let me let me tell you. We're why. not going to talk about this. Oh, let me tell you tell why. Because it's difficult for everyone except for the person making the NFT. Because they're destroying the air. <laughs> I saw a video the other day. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll drop it quick. <laughs> I saw the video the other day. Um, by what's his name? It's it's Uber Goober Dubus Goobus, some something like that. He's got a little green guy avatar. He looks like a snotball. Yeah. Um. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Jello Apocalypse? No, it's not. It's 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 okay. His avatar kind of looks like a slime ball. Goober. I guess it kind of does, but Goober. it's it's literally like a booger. It, it looks like a booger. I'm gonna send you a picture. Anyone uh, who's watching will know that I'm right. What? Do you, wait, who's? Do you know the channel name? It's do. It's 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 Dubis Goobis. Dub. I, I guess okay, Dubis Goobis. 
I thought you were like saying something like you couldn't quite remember the name, so you're just making it up. You're just saying nonsense words, you know? No, no. But no, his name are... is Dubas Goobas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I see him. Like a yes, it does. Yeah. Also kind of looks like a Pokemon. Boogerman. 405,000 subscribers. Anyway, he made a video <laughs> the other day where he was talking about, like, it was like aliens, and they're talking about how the Earth was destroyed by NFTs because right. of all the gases that get produced from, or whatever it is. I don't know the science <laughs> behind it. I just know it's bad. I just repeat <laughs> what people tell me. I just repeat. I, I'm a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> We're all sheep. Even the smartest uh, people in the world are sheep in areas outside of their expertise. Very true. <laughs> because nobody knows everything. But um, now a lot of Dubis Goobis humor is that he like yells. So yeah, okay. I can't entirely replicate it, but basically, he's it like aliens talking about this is how the Earth is destroyed, and the alien was explaining it to another alien. Is like that's not true. You're lying to me. <laughs> All right. Um, but basically, the big punchline was like, yeah, I sure am glad that's not me. <laughs> yeah. But he yells it. He yells it really loud, and it's like an abrupt cutoff, too. <laughs> I, get, I can envision it. I can envision it because I've seen that sort of humor, as everybody has on the internet. I, yeah, Ben, NFTs is stupid conceptually and in practice and environmentally what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can talk about the movies now all right man we can we talk can about talk anime. what'd you or, say or anime because i've been watching anime recently anime um okay i didn't actually tell you about that movie i watched on thursday what movie was it the dead man walking did was that brought up Oh, wait, it was brought up. I remember. I remember now. Yeah, because it's the first movie in my life that's made me cry. <laughs> You're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a pretty important milestone. <laughs> it is. I wonder if it's like broken a floodgate where like, you know, number two will just happen in like four months or whether it'll be another 10 years before everyone does it. You were talking about the sequel, Dead Man Walking number two. What? Because he said number two will come up with a couple months. <laughs> the sequel to Dead, Dead Man Walking. Man <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be funny because the whole movie is about a guy on death row. The sequel he <laughs> comes back with a vengeance. <laughs> like that would so ruin all of the emotional impact of the first one, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Be profoundly stupid. <laughs> Why would you even pour money into this? <laughs> it's just like an action movie. It's a buddy cop comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Between the. Because the movie Dead Man Walking is about a guy on death row and a nun who's his spiritual advisor. The idea of the nun. And the zombie death row convict being the buddies. <laughs> That's good. Why has it? No, never mind. We should pour money into this. <laughs> Frank, I was wrong. I was genius. wrong. <laughs> this is. 
a bold. This is a whole new level of cinema. Yeah, a bold new take on on filmmaking. Sad movie where person dies at the end that you came to care about. <laughs> Seen it before. Don't care. <laughs> Nun and zombie convict team up to stop Galactus. Stop Galactus. <laughs> you ain't never seen that before. Or maybe you have. Marvel is weird. <laughs> you know, oh, listen, listen. At the end of Dead Man Walking, there's a post credit scene <laughs> with Galactus. <laughs> All right. Oh, Make theory. Recruiting, recruiting the nun. <laughs> you know, this is what we need in tonight. What we need is is these sad movies or just, just a good movie in general. Right, maybe it's a movie about a kid and his dog. All right, and and you ever know you know where the where the red fern grows? I think that's what it's called. You ever read that book? No, nor have I seen the film. It's a good book. All right, um, it was like I read that in my eighth grade literature class, science was, class. I was supposed to be yeah. studying science, but <laughs> where the red fern grows was more interesting. <laughs> It's got science, you know, plants and crap. <laughs> it's like saying anything as science. <laughs> but um, I read that, and it's like really dark for, for like a a thirteen year old to be reading. <laughs> but anyway, point is, do you um do you do you care about spoilers for where the red fern grows? No, that's like classic literature, right? It kind of falls in that category. How old is it? It's pretty old, I feel like. I saw an, I saw a trailer for the movie. Where the red... 1961. Yeah. That's... That's... There's a statue at the Idaho Falls Public Library. Well, they wouldn't put that there if, if, if it wasn't classic literature, <laughs> so... Um, oh, they even got the. I like this book cover. I always like this book cover. But anyway, so do you care about spoilers? Uh, if you spoil anything, I have to put it in the description. That's really funny. <laughs> I have to put spoilers for where the red fern grows. Um, yeah, spoil me. Go ahead. Um, all right. So basically, the dog like Does I the can't. Dog it die? was kind of long. One of the dogs die. Okay, I don't care about dog deaths. Um, but then the other dog starves itself because oh. it was so it refuses to eat, drink, or anything when the other dog dies. Okay, I feel a little something. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sucks. And I can't remember if the dog does die from that or if the kid has to put the dog down because he can't get it to eat anymore. So it's it's something like that. That's pretty whack. Um. Anyway, the point is is what we need now in cinema. Right back to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need sequels that are only vaguely related to the the, the previous one. <laughs> All right. So like this was like a sad story about a boy and his dog and hunting and stuff. Well, this one's going to be about robot dogs. An action adventure. <laughs> All right, you see where I'm going with this. We need to take the the first movie and then make something completely and as far away from the original as possible. 
And then the third one is romance, and that one was very controversial. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, that's exactly what we need to make a first. We need to make a good movie. Then we make a, I mean, I don't know. Does that sound terrible to you? Robot dogs and 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 let's see what else can we throw in there. But vampires? No, I. It doesn't seem inherently bad to have robot dogs and vampires. Like that's not. It's not impossible to have a good movie with robot dogs and vampires. Yeah. So there you go. We got that. <clears throat> And then the third one is always a romance, and this is the formula that all movies need to follow. Now, do you see what I'm? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I so get you. We got, we got an emotional starting point, then we take <laughs> it as far away as possible from that, and just throw the randomest, most crazy crap in there. And then the third one is always a romance. Yeah, I can agree with this. Yeah, <laughs> this is how we're gonna. How we're gonna. I don't know what this is supposed to accomplish. Uh, well, it'll make the world more interesting, and I'm all for that. There you go. <laughs> sure, it'll give movie critics something to talk about. Dude, I wonder what would movie critics do if, like we are talking about with the post credit scene, if a movie was just stupendous all the way through, and then there was a post credit scene that just made it all terrible, you know? <laughs> Again, like if in Dead Man Walking there was a post credit scene where Galactus showed up. Like like complete non sequitur from the everything else. What do they do? Like everything before the credits was a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, you know? Good movie. Good movie. Very emotional. Does that do you view that as part of the movie and thus you ought to dock its score for it? I feel like if it's obvious, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, if it's with the intention of making a sequel, like, there's definitely a sequel coming. I feel like points should be docked. But if it was just, like, a but stupid... That's so, like... Like, like the, 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 the guy is still alive. You know? You'll get a nice... <laughs> you'll get a... Like, do you just say in your review, this is a five-star movie, stop when the credits start rolling. <laughs> Turn it off. Start, don't even bother. <laughs> what a weird, like, thing to warn someone about. Just stop when the credits start rolling. Like, how do they manage to ruin the movie in the like, five remaining minutes with the credits? I'm just so curious what movie critics would do with that, you know? Make a movie like that. Do it. Bro, I should. (laughs) Should. You absolutely should. (laughs) I feel like the hardest part, like, the hardest part is making a movie that good. (laughs) Right? That's true. It's super easy just throwing some random terrible crap at the end. This all hinges on me being able to make a good movie in the first place. Because obviously, if you just make a crap movie, right, then a post-credit scene isn't that, that's also crappy isn't really gonna. It's not gonna do much. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not gonna change the score much. But if you make like a an Oscar, like a, like what, what do you, what do you award filmmakers? Is the Oscar? It's the. It's, it's for actors. It's the well. It's for both. It's for both. 
Yeah, it's just for movies. All right, then the Oscar nominee. All right, you got an Oscar nominee right here, but then you you introduce freaking Galactus and Nick Fury, and it, now they're in the MCU. <laughs> I <laughs> then... just um. But I I have to get it right the first time, you know? Because then they know what you're doing. Yeah, if I mess it up the first time, then then my plot is revealed. And it's like, oh, he made a bad movie that was obviously trying to be a good movie that just had a weird twist after post-credits scene. And then when the second movie comes out and it's also bad and it has the same thing, people are like, okay... He's just trying to create this stupid idea. (laughs) And somehow he keeps getting the money for it. (laughs) I feel like that's a lot of movies, though. To some extent. Two thus far. What do you mean? That's a lot of movies. Well, no, I mean, like, a lot of... (laughs) There's a few movies nowadays... Where they're really stupid, but somehow they keep getting the money to make them. <laughs> yes, and that's like because for one reason or another, companies believe that there is a reason they will make money. You know, mm, they kind of do if they're controversial. You know, like exactly. Sharknado. Sharknado. Has Sharknado like was seven a hit. Sequels. I know, and <laughs> I, rem- I remember my dad and I were gonna because we watched the first Sharknado, and it was funny. And we were reading through the blurbs of the other ones all the way through Sharknado 7, the last one, which is about time travel and stuff. <laughs> and we, my dad was like, we should just skip to 7. <laughs> we just watched the first one. We should just watch 1 and 7 and see how different they are. That's a great idea. I know. We should finish that. Uh, he and I, and I, I love the, I love that, I love that Sharknado. All right, is this? When did the shark? Okay, oh, this is just another one. That's funny. The last one is called "It's About Time." Yes, the last Sharknado. Yes. Is about time. I love Sharknado, dude. <laughs> um, and it's about time travel. You said, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> anyway, I love that Sharknado got a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 3.3 on IMDb. That's so wild. Sharknado has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, but a 3.3 on IMDb. <laughs> Is that just... Because Rotten Tomatoes sees it as absurd comedy? I think so, yeah, because yeah. the audience score is 33%. Yeah, but, like, most people just don't get that. Proudly, mm. shamelessly, and gloriously brainless, Sharknado redefines so good it's okay. bad. So, I mean, Wait, so bad on. it's good for a new generation. That's the critics' mm. consensus of Sharknado. It's Sharknado fantastic. came out in 2013? So they pushed out a new one like every year. <laughs> I mean, let's seven. be real. It's really not. It's not that hard to make. This is true. 
Gosh, no, it Sharknado is a funny movie. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Because anytime your characters are in any setting and you need to uh <laughs> because it's a scenario where anytime you need to break up the current situation with action or put your characters in danger, you can have a shark fall out of the sky. <laughs> Bro, why are there so many Sharknadoes? Option. Like, not just in the sense of why there's so many movies, but why are there, what is going on where sharks keep getting caught up in, in tornadoes? I don't know, man. And how does it all lead to time travel? Because it's not like the seventh one is the first one that gets, like, crazy absurd, you know? These are, the they, basic premise is crazy absurd. I know, but like, but like time travel, like so far from the basic premise. That's true. It, it builds up to that. I love that Sharknado Two is just called the second one. Yeah, they they know what they're doing. <laughs> it's, uh, and let's see. So that came out in 2014. Right? Did these all just come out year after year. Probably look at the Wikipedia page for that. Yep, 2015. This is the third one. Gosh, there's seven of these. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> the Fourth Awakens is what the fourth one is called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this one didn't do as good on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. Oh, wait, there's only six. There's only six. The oh. sixth is It's About Time. That's global swarming. <clears throat> hold hold up. Tony Hawk is in this one. Tony Hawk is in Sharknado 5. <laughs> That's good. Let, let, do you want to read the plot for a random one? Yeah, go ahead. Which one? I feel like The Fourth Awakens is... Okay. Okay. <laughs> In the five years since the previous film, Finn has moved to a his name is Finn has moved <laughs> to a farm in Kansas named April's Acres, where he lives with his mother and young son. April is believed dead after being crushed by the wreckage of the space shuttle. The, the space shuttle, space you know the shuttle. one. Tech mogul Aston Reynolds, based on Elon Musk has developed a new type of high-speed space travel with his company Astro-X, which is a play on SpaceX, which was used to save Finn's father, Colonel Gilbert Shepard, from the moon. Astro-X has also developed a technology that is capable of using radio waves to diffuse tornadoes, leading to the end of the Sharknado phenomenon. I doubt it. <laughs> this is a little long to read the whole thing, but that first paragraph was pretty good. So I'm going to skip to the So I'm going to skip to the last paragraph. All right. Just as the Shepherd family rejoices, the Eiffel Tower falls from the sky, having been blown all the way from France. <laughs> Nova, who was earlier mentioned to have been vacationing in Paris, emerges from the wrecked structure, causing the Shepherds to realize that the Sharknado crisis is not only not over, but may now be a global problem. Hence Sharknado 5 global swarming. Yes. <laughs> This movie had a budget of $3 million. I can't imagine the special effects were very good at all. I just... 
Who who plays Finn? Uh, it's not Tony Hawk, is it? I wish. I really wish it was. Is it this Ian Ziering? Dang, that's that's a shame. What's a shame? Wait, maybe maybe Tony Hawk isn't in Sharknado Five. That would be a shame too. This is top searched athlete from Tar- Sharknado Five Global Swarming article. Tony Hawk is a part of it. Hey, okay. I thought this was the cast. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's I why because it's right be, next to would it. Would you even really be surprised if Sharknado had celebrity guest appearances? That would be cool. That'd I be wouldn't. Funny. I would not be surprised. Speaking of Tony Hawk, apparently, now this might just be a rumor, or not a rumor, but fake. I just because I got it from YouTube comment section, but it'd be hilarious. Yeah, understandable. Um that Tony Hawk and it seems like it's probably fake just because it goes with the whole Tony Hawk joke <laughs> Tony Hawk was in Weird Al Yankovic's um, Smells Like Nirvana but as an extra but Weird Al Yankovic himself was not aware of it until it was revealed to him like sometime in the, the, the mid 2000s <laughs> that's something that I could maybe fact check later <laughs> And maybe edit into the episode to tell y'all if that's true or not. But uh, I hope it is. I really hope it is. Is that that's hilarious? Yeah, yeah. So I did some very surface level research, and that is listed as being true on Wikipedia, and it cites one article from Spinner, an old uh, music news website, where that is stated. Uh, where it quotes Al Yankovic as saying that, yeah, he learned from a tweet that he was, uh, that Tony Hawk was a, a, an extra in that. But the reason he didn't know was because Tony Hawk wasn't famous yet. So he obviously didn't remember that one one random kid from a music video. Anyway, you want to talk about anime? Anyway, I'm watching a show called, what's it called? Michiko and Hachin. Have you ever heard of that? Maybe, what? Michiko and Hachin? Yeah. Michiko and Hachin. 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 Uh... I've seen it. Like, actually? No, not it? watched it. I've seen, like, images and stuff. So, yeah, I've, I've heard of it, but... Yeah, I'm watching I don't that. know much about it. Um... I know the woman is very attractive. Holy crap, Bulma voices Michiko? Neat. Well, anyway, <laughs> so um, so Michiko is the uh, dark, attractive lady, and Hatchin is the child. Yes. Okay. Is um, it good? It's okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm gonna have to finish it. I, I feel like 
All right. And I'm I'm wondering if maybe I'm just there's just parts of writing that I don't understand. I mean, obviously, like I'm not a writer, but like in the sense that some of these shows that are like really that get these good reviews just aren't very. I don't know. They missed the mark for me. And that's obviously a lot of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to try and understand why, you know? Um, and I'm looking at it because it doesn't seem like it matches up with a lot of the other good television and anime and stuff that I had seen. Like, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like some of these, cause it does that thing. I don't know what the term for it is, but like, where the people, the main characters, they venture to some sort of town or place. Like, think like Samurai Champloo or Cowboy Bebop, right? Where the episodes are somewhat self-contained. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of go to a place and, like, I don't know. Like, it's, like, emotional. They have, like, these short emotional stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of what Michiko and Hachin has going on to some some extent. But it just feels like like maybe it could have used like an extra episode <laughs> to do what? To to tell this the story that they're trying to do. <laughs> the overarching story rather than the individual no, ones? No, no, the, the individual ones. Like some of these individual stories oh. could use like an extra episode. Okay. Because they feel paced weirdly, <laughs> so they feel rushed, a little, yeah, a little crammed extent. into one episode. To some extent, yeah, it feels like this story could have used, like, just not all of them, but just, just like three of them maybe could have used an extra episode to to help drive it home a bit more. Because I found myself not exactly caring as much about the characters. Maybe I should have. Um, but then I like I know, but it also might be because I'm. I feel like I'm slightly jaded, since I spend a lot of time analyzing film. But and that's anime so and like TV shows. <laughs> yeah, if you're talking to some casual fan, then there's a difference there. But you know that just puts you in the same state as critics. You know. Yeah. So, because um, I was thinking, I was like, you know, I probably would have loved this when I was like in high school before I really started tearing into these things. You know, yeah, getting yeah. into them. Your taste and change really and they tend to towards higher standards. Um, I feel like just like yeah, like in high school, I feel like I would have loved this, but I do like it. It's very. It's very pretty. Yeah. Like, if you look at just some of the backgrounds and stuff, like, it's all, I don't know, it feels nostalgic in an interesting mm. way for me. So so there is stuff you like about it. it yeah. If, if someone was going to watch it, it's not like you would say, no, don't. Yeah, I would, yeah, no. I would, I would say, I wouldn't, like, recommend this to someone who I knew was, like, in a similar mindset to me, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, it's, but you might recommend it to someone who was saying to you, I want to watch something that's like this. And they basically describe that sort of plot. 
Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because it's very it's very beautifully animated and it does, for me at least, manage to capture this this nostalgia of late night like tsunami. Hmm. All right. And I've also been thinking that to some extent I have to consider that because sometimes the characters do things that I think is stupid. Right? But <laughs> yeah. I also have to consider that one of them is a ten year old. True. <laughs> and ten year olds are not intellectually developed. Yes. <laughs> and then one of them um comes from this background of like I mean like the slums, you know? Yes. She's <laughs> so And they had a certain childhood that would of course cause them to act in a certain way. Yeah, I like, get you. But I also feel like they could have done this thing because and they kind of do, but I feel like they could have pushed it a bit more because basically the basic premise, I don't know if you read it. I guess I'll explain it anyway. No, I did not. Um, is that um, this girl, Hannah Morenos, who is later called Hachin, um, is kidnapped by Michiko Milanjo. Um, and the reason why is because Michiko is a former lover of Hana's real father. Cause she's like in this abusive adoption home place. She kidnaps her from there. Um, and they're basically, she made a promise to protect her and they're on their way to find a real dad who supposedly died, but Michiko's like, nah, he's, he's alive. And so basically this whole thing is them going. She broke out of prison too. Michiko did. Um, whole thing is them traveling to try and find her father. Um, and I feel like a cool thing they could have done is they could have, like, because Michiko is kind of, she's not like a goody two-shoes, but she's de- she definitely comes from a different world than Michiko. She grew up in the slums in a heavy crime area. <laughs> and I feel like they could have done some interesting stuff with making Hachin. Um, did I say, did I call Hachin Michiko earlier? I might have. No. Anyway, Hachin making her more, kind of making her gradually become more accustomed to this criminal stuff, becoming more hardened, while uh, Michiko would kind of become softer a bit because she's been taking care of Hachin. And so you think their characters are too static? I think a little bit, yeah, basically. That's fair. They're They're not necessarily static, but like, Michiko slaps Hachin a bit. <laughs> right? Yeah. And there is this moment where Hachin's like, why are you even, like, she basically mentioned, like, I ha- you haven't even listened to what I have to say yet, and you're already about to slap me. Why do you always turn violent so quickly? I feel like that could have been a, a little bit of a moment where maybe Michiko thinks about that. But it wasn't? <laughs> of, it wasn't. I mean, it was in that moment, but it feels like it didn't really transfer as a permanent part of your character. I get that. Uh, I get what you said. Um, because she still slaps her. <laughs> so, <it's like, laughs> but not as hard. <laughs> um, I feel like they could have just added something later on where she is about to slap her, but then she thinks about it without Michiko or without Hachin saying, hey, come on. <laughs> you know, Maybe she, she stops herself. Oh yeah, it's a good show. Not bad. Yeah, I get you. 
And, you know, I've also been trying to use it to recreate that feeling, that nostalgic feeling even further by only watching it in the early morning or late at night. That's when funny. I would typically be watching Toonami when I was younger. I used to have this whole thing oh, for Toonami. I would get, like, popcorn every Saturday to watch Toonami. Mm. Or I'd get, like, I, I'd get, it would be a whole thing. It was like a ritual. I get you. I remember laying on my living room floor in Saturday morning watching like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff with a bowl of, not a bowl, um, a bag of cereal and just eating out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was listening to a song. This, this is, this is definitely related to this. (laughs) Um, but I was listening to a song. It's called my little Japanese cigarette case. Hey, and what the song is about let me see if I can hear this. I will literally pull up the genius annotation. Yeah, um, and then play it, and then get us taken down for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's um. Okay, so the person that that wrote it is Spoon. It's by Spoon. Spoon. Um, and they've done this in previous songs. Uh, Spoon fetishizes material objects and uses them as a callback to cherished memories and nostalgic feelings. The singer says, let all my memories be gone, but he must already know that the pain of an emotion, an emotion's absence won't be dissolved by the presence of the object associated with the feeling in his memory. This explains the escalating anger and frustration as he repeats the same words over and over again until the song sputters out exhausted. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of, kind of, did, did you catch all that? Yeah. I kind of stumbled over my words. But, um, that was kind of what I was doing, or I'm, what I'm still doing with Michiko and Hachin, is trying to recreate that nostalgic feeling. Which is not a bad thing. Like... It's not a bad thing. Yeah, the, that genius annotation annotation makes it seem like it's like a desperate addiction, you know? Yeah, that's pretty normal. <laughs> um, but I do, I do like that. I do like that. I like how they do with their their songs. Makes sense. But yeah. Anyway, anyway. that's all I had for that. Understandable. Hey, you know what song I listened to for the first time recently? What song? Um, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Never had never heard it before. Correct. No, <laughs> but it is kind of weird that I'd never heard this song before, which is "Welcome to the Black Parade." That is interesting. Yeah, right. I, like you've never even heard a part of it. No, not the actual song. I've heard people sing it. I've heard people reference it. Oh God, gotcha. But. You know, I've I've heard I've heard people sing the opening part a million times, but I've never actually heard it. And I'll tell you what, it's a good song. It's a good song. Uh, the the I think if you were to divide the song into quadrants, the second quarter of the song is the worst, and by a lot. I have not heard it enough to know where you're talking about in the song. <laughs> I just I just remember listening to it and the opening part is amazing. 
the whole you know when I was a young boy, my father took me in to see to see Black. Oh Black. yeah, that yeah. that whole thing. He said, what, "That's fantastic." I know, just the lyric writing where he's like, "Son, when you grow up, will you be a savior for the?" What does he say? The something something in the damned. Those lyrics are so good. It's so well written. And then the faster paced melody kicks in, and I didn't like it. But then by the end of the song, I was. I was jiving again. I was like, I like this. I'm feeling emotionally invested again. I've always only ever listened to the opening. You're right, though? I <laughs> I thought the whole song was going to be like the opening because that's all I had heard. But <laughs> no, uh, it gets a lot more like actual rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really nice blend with the marching band and everything. It's yeah. really cool. Well, yeah, because by the end, you can really hear the marching band. And that's sick. Pretty cool, cool stuff. Yeah, and the comments were filled with early 2010s emo nostalgia. I, I mean, the, the the lyric video was from like eight years ago itself, so. <laughs> I still listen to the same. Um, I used to really like the song Plant Life by Owl City. Mm-hmm. And I still listen um, to the same. One second. Okay. Uh, to the same lyric video um, that I listened to ten years ago. <laughs> that's that's nice. Um, I love I, I love watching videos that you watched like ten years ago. It's got this the starry background type thing, <laughs> um, and it's on a channel called Britney Totally Cute. <laughs> very, that yep very of its time <laughs> um and that's like really a part of the nostalgia <laughs> tried to send it to one of my friends on the exact video and it's not available in their country they're in Canada <laughs> and I was like man if I had grown up in Canada I would have never had this <laughs> I would be a whole different person not whole because different of that per- video but because I grew up in a different country <laughs> <laughs> no, just because of that video. Yeah, that was the defining moment in my life. If yeah. I hadn't listened to this video, this specific video, but would it have? Been, I would have been a criminal. But would it have been <laughs> a defining moment in your life if you had lived a different life because you grew up in Canada? No. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been My Chemical Romance's "Welcome to the Black Parade," which is a better Maybe. song. Have you heard Plant Life by Owl City? <laughs> no, I just know I don't like Owl City. <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> I love Owl City. Something Everybody except me loves Owl City. <laughs> uh, uh, Aaron doesn't like Owl City. What? He didn't? He didn't. I remember I played it in the car for you guys once, and he said, I don't know, man. It just sounds too much like a Disney princess. I feel like, I feel. I feel like he, he played Owl City at one point, though. It was probably me. I remember... I played Owl City in the car and I stopped listening to Owl City because Aaron said that and everyone was judging me. And I was like, wow, I guess my music taste is terrible. So I stopped listening to Owl City for five years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Understandable. Five years is a little excessive, but understandable. (laughs) Um, Like I was, that was when I was, that was on the trip to Indiana that we took. Yeah. That was sophomore year when I was a very emotional and hormonal teen. Yeah. I mean, no, I And then I just... Then I forgot about Owl City. Yeah, I mean, I figured that was the case. Was like you stop listening for a while, and then it just like faded out of your routine. So you (laughs) forgot about it. 
And then I went back to it one day and was like, why did I stop listening to this? I love this. <laughs> I, I love the the whimsical nature of his songs. Um, it's got like like a childlike whimsical nature to it, and I love it. Is it a him, not a them? It's a him, yeah. Interesting. I'll say it's just one person, as far as I know. Didn't know. Um, I'll listen to it. I don't. I don't think you'd like it, but <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I just want to reaffirm that I don't like Owl City. <laughs> it's just one of those things that comes up every once, like you know, like like Owl City is one of those bands that very frequently comes up when people are referencing it as one of their favorite things ever. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm always on the other side of that, you know. This is not an entirely unique experience because I feel like a lot of people have a musical artist that a lot of other people are super attached to that they just don't care for, you know? I don't like Linkin Park, I feel like, is another one. Not to, like, the same extent, I think, as Owl City, but I feel like there's... Well, because Linkin Park gets memed on a lot. They do. Well, that's why I'm kind of like, is it the same... Maybe it's not. Well, I feel like it is a re- in, it's not in a reverse the, situation. It's in the same but vein. Yes, of like a lot of people do. Like like Lincoln Park is a very important part yeah. of a lot of people's lives. It's just so weird sometimes. Not Lincoln Park. I just remember looking at a Limp Biscuit YouTube video, and there are people in the comments like, "Still a banger." Twenty years later, like this is a real classic of music. I'm like, you guys actually, you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, wow, Owl City is only 35. I don't know why I thought he was a bit older. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because I, when I was uh, I was so young when I started listening to his stuff, I was like eight. <laughs> so so he started making music in like early what early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, let's 2007 to present is when he was making when he started. Right? Well, so if he's 35, well, 2007 like, is when he started. So if he's 35, then it means he started when he was like 21. Yeah, which is pretty wild. That's pretty young. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess. And I like the um. I don't. I like the way his lyrics are written. It's very. When did Owl City come out? Because Owl City, not Owl City, Fireflies. She's, <laughs> um, will someone please donate to w- Wikipedia? <laughs> Have you been getting those messages? Yeah, I donated once, and now I, um, am in a situation where I have to be very conservative with my money, so I'm not going to be donating again. I donated once. Do you still get the messages? Probably, maybe. I don't know. Like because Do right they... now I'm I'm getting a lot of the like every time I get on Wikipedia, there's this to all our readers in the US, please don't scroll past this this Monday for the first time recently. And this is because I'm on my I'm my computer, not my phone. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, we only ask you to defend Wikipedia's independence. 98% of our readers don't give. They simply look the other way. If an exceptional reader has already donated, we sincerely thank you. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I'm not I, getting them on my laptop. <clears throat> but um, I don't know if that's because it actually remembers my computer or if it is just random. I don't even have the money. Well, I have money, but I'm not in a position where I can just get money. Yeah, I mean, which is fine, you know? <laughs> There's plenty of people who are. Apparently only 2%. The, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> Dude, charities are great. I want to give more money to charity when I'm older. Like, if I had the money, I'd love to donate, like, $100 to Wikipedia. Yeah. But yeah. I don't... I'd donate more than... I would love to donate a lot of money to Wikipedia because Wikipedia is is awesome. Wikipedia <laughs> is an emblem of the information revolution. And uh-huh. I would even go so far as to say that it is the emblem, short of, you know something like computers or the internet I mean, yeah that's like all different like it's like yeah information personified is what wikipedia is yeah we're not personified but you know what i mean yes <laughs> anyway um but i don't like i don't know whenever i donate whenever i want to donate i usually i i, I go bigger i go home <laughs> um like when i go to work and i tip not when I go when I go to when I go to my job where I work, but when I'm not working, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I I tip like five five dollars, ten dollars sometimes. Um, yeah, which is a which is a big tip when I'm already getting like half off, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. So point is, when I do these donation things, I usually donate pretty big. I know ten dollars doesn't seem big, but that's higher end for a tip. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I guess I don't because I'm like, I want to be giving money to charities and stuff, but I'm not really in a position where I can. So when I do, it is usually small, you know? I usually only donate when I'm in a very financially comfortable position. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm, I'm not like uh, disagreeing with you and saying you shouldn't be doing that or anything. Um, Just comparing it. I, so that's I, why, if I do get a lot of money, I'm going to donate a bunch of money to Wikipedia. Yeah. Because they're very important. Also, we've been talking for a while. I know. I we can wrap up if you're ready. Yeah. I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Everybody, go give $5 to Wikipedia. If you can spare it, which you probably can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening. And we'll maybe see you next week. I'm graduating next week, so we may or Oh, yeah, we might be doing another one, won't we? But, yep. But anyway, have a good night. And I love you. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. And goodbye. Say goodbye. You're just getting a Merry Christmas from me. <laughs>